0: Like, hey man, I caught your show last week, man. You was dope, dog. Let me drop some knowledge on you, partner. No. No. Because I don't trust that you study. I, I, I like some of you with Brett Riley. We're honest. Honesty. That's policy. On Dash Talk X. Welcome to I Like Some of You with Brett Riley on Dash Radio Dash Talk X. I'm your host, Brett Riley. The show is called I Like Some of You. The show is I Like Some of You, where honesty is the best policy. Because I called the show I Like Some of You because the truth is, it's tough. If you guys go back and listen to this, this podcast throughout its whole duration of episodes, this podcast has followed um, us falling into a pandemic uh, this, 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 um, show follows us with the transfer of power between two different political parties and two presidents. Um, this show though is called, I like some of you, because basically what I'm trying to let people know is you're not, you're a totally normal person. If you accept the fact that we can't like everyone, it's not possible. You shouldn't, if you're a discerning person and you have taste and values and standards, you can't like everybody. But what's cool about this show, the reason I started the show is I am a fortunate person. I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. I moved to Hollywood. I've been with the same woman for over 15 years. I got two kids. I got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, a girl and a boy. I got uh, a good life going. But I need to remind myself that all. not only that, I've met good people. I am fortunate enough to know inspiring creative talented people that I get to have conversations with now I don't get to have conversations with them in real life anymore because we're all stuck quarantined in our homes because of the pandemic and we're being safe by the way everything we do on I like some of you is responsible so therefore we are social distancing all of my guests are in their domicile and I'm in mine and thank you thankfully with technology we can talk um so my guest today is a comedian, a writer, and most recently in recent months has written uh, an editorial for the – what? wait, what paper? Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal on poker. I want you to give it up for my man, Murray Valeriano. Mar- hey. Murray, how, how are you, buddy?
1: Good. Uh, editorial, Mike. Is that the right word? I don't know. I don't
0: know. Did I say editorial? <laughs> I don't – I added editorial. You wrote an article, Right for the yeah, hold
1: on editorial relating to commissioning or preparing material for book Yes, it was an editorial.
0: Okay, cool. It was an edit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I added editorial <laughs> and I have no idea why.
1: No, I'll take it, man. I'm telling you, I just, I was lucky, you know, I'm a comic, I'm a writer like yourself performer yeah. and uh we got shut down. I don't know about you, but the second they mentioned COVID, my calendar was wiped clean. So yeah, I was fortunate enough to, Get in and, and write with uh, write for newspapers and magazines this uh, year. So, COVID kills one career, and then I hop into a career that's been dying for the last 15 years. Writing?
0: <laughs> yeah. Writing I- for
1: newspapers and magazines.
0: <laughs> well, I got, I mean, uh, I don't know if you know a buddy of mine uh, is a magician that I met uh, at uh, Hermosa Comedy of Magic, but um, Eric Buss, he builds tree houses now.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, he's got his own treehouse business during the pandemic. So everybody's getting creative and everybody's finding out different ways to make it happen. Oh, and uh, what's Is one funny, of his
1: clients, Winnie the Pooh?
0: <laughs> no, he's probably, I'll be one of his clients soon because we're going to build. I, I've decided I want to do an Ewok village in my backyard.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. It, well, we're on like a slant, like on a hill. Uh-huh. So, I'm, I don't want to like go high up in the trees. I literally want to go like, like level with the, because it drops off on a hill. So I want to do it like level to where it just goes straight out. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's
1: really cool. Yeah.
0: Kind of like a Ewok village. And then I, I don't know, but, uh, it's going to, so I've got work for him because Mm -hmm. I'm (laughs) trying to think of all kinds of goofy stuff to do. Uh, what's
1: cool. Ultimate water slides people put in their backyards when they live on a hill or, or in a forest. Yeah, they they dig out these trenches and then put down these tarps and run water on them, and they go for like hundreds and hundreds of yards.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was always against it when my wife and I were first dating, but my wife is so into uh, HGTV or amazing backyard swimming pools or whatever. And I'm not gonna lie, I watch those now. I never did before, but I'm watching
1: a lot of stuff now too that I would never watch.
0: Yeah, I. I don't think anybody really needs to watch the Night Stalker documentary. My wife made me watch the first episode of that last night and it brought back all of that what that was and I don't want to Yeah, I don't
1: think it's necessary. Now, I've I, been we've been watching this Fran Lebowitz documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you're familiar with her.
0: This is a uh, photographer, right? No, that's
1: An- that's Annie Lebowitz. That's
0: Annie Lebowitz. So Fran Lebowitz is the a lawyer,
1: writer, humorist. Just, she's funny, but man,
0: dark Rye right?
1: just complains. Like her whole shtick is complaining about New York, and it's okay.
0: Okay,
1: I don't know. She's funny, but in small doses. Like this is like a six part documentary. I can handle about two parts.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not, my my attention span is co- in this pandemic has gone to complete nothing. Like just nothing. I can't. I can't yeah. even. I have to take breaks during video games. like i can't i can't make it through anything like uh i I literally just find myself i i think my brain has now moved because of just annoyance and repetitiveness i think my brain has just gotten to the point where i'm constantly channel surfing
1: well it's funny because i my wife and i will uh, we have a nine-year-old and so he goes to bed you know between eight and nine and then now, during COVID, usually that's when I leave to go work, but during COVID, yeah. you watch something. And after we finished The Mandalorian, man, I've been like, nothing. I am not in. She's like, what do you want to watch? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I nothing. hop online and play poker with friends. I'm not, I can't. I can't. Okay, see, I so
0: poker's here. your. Po- okay, so see, that's. See, my video games, my playing Madden or my playing basketball nba 2k uh-huh. is the same as is, it's the, it's the same as as other dudes uh play poker or or go play pool at a bar it's the same thing darts what you know whatever that's my, dart, you my, pool, as my
1: pool. An adult to justify playing video games
0: <laughs> well <laughs> for years i did think that okay that's not normal that i play mm-hmm. video games and none of my you know most guys will play but they don't they aren't any good they don't play you know what i mean right. like it's oh, yeah. qui- it doesn't take very long for me to play with one of my friends it's like oh yeah you oh you got me. i'll don't kill you man i'll beat your butt or whatever <laughs> and then and then we play and it's it's very apparent within like a minute that they don't understand oh no brett's ranked in the top 10 percent in the world oh, you know wow. what i mean yeah. yeah like it's like i love sports video games they're sure. fun it's and for me it really is the same as pool darts golf whatever um and uh oh yeah dude my (laughs) q just sent a message because uh my producer can send us messages to let us know how much time's left in the show but he just sent me a text a message that says battles bro because q and i play because q and i play every time and every time q and i play it literally goes to overtime or it comes down to <laughs> it comes down to the like the last person that kicks a field goal or the last person that right the ball it's just fun but sure. uh
1: well yeah, I i'm wish not a, i I'm not a sports guy i've never gotten into any kind of i surf that's my sport uh um, yeah
0: surfing is a different surfing is a more mm, it's it's a, it is a sport by far it's an athletic sport it's just um it's a more cerebral sport yeah you
1: know? i know but going, what, making Q's text about me uh, and how little I know about sports, I wrote on the last season of BattleBots. Yeah. I was, you know, I wrote all the funny, you know, me and a couple other writers wrote all the funny intros for Farouk and all that. And then when it came like to gameplay and I was I, like, the seating round. I had to Google what seeding meant. Like like all of a sudden <laughs> I had to like use a Cinderella story. I'm like, what the hell is that? I had to Google that. It was it was awful.
0: Yeah, no, uh it's it always but that's what I love about um this culture out here in los angeles and hollywood that's different than where i grew up it's because like where i grew up the only conversation you're ever going to get is talking to a to, the, to you know about baseball football basketball mm-hmm. and uh out here at first it threw me off you know at first i was the typical midwestern guy that was like damn like they weren't kidding you know right. the mid midwestern people weren't kidding california is filled with a bunch of dudes that are you know that don't care about you know dude stuff right right and the truth is what's what's less dude about being in the ocean you know what (laughs) i mean surfing you know what i mean in nature with rolling waves you know what i mean there's nothing more dude you know what i mean like guys that aren't into sports but yet they'll climb half dome at yosemite right You you know what I mean? And so that doesn't make any sense. So that's given me a whole new perspective that I really enjoy about being a California transplant. I'm never going back to the Midwest. So I'm Californian now.
1: No, this is my uh, home. I've lived here. I I moved out here like in my early 20s just because I wanted to live live in California.
0: And then I got into comedy. Where's home for you? Well,
1: my dad was a preacher, so I moved around a lot. But I primarily grew up in New Jersey.
0: Okay. Oh, all right. I, I, Jersey's one spot I have not been yet. I have not been to Jersey. I haven't been to New York, dude. I've been a comic since like 99, 98, and I have not been to New York.
1: Really? Well, New York's so weird. It's it's not a town that you tour through. So it's, it's going to New York to do, outside a handful of clubs, it's going to New York to do showcase sets for 20 bucks. So it's not really... Yeah, unless you're unless you're in that, unless you're working the East Coast and you just dump in for a couple of nights.
0: And you're in it. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. just I just figured I'd hit New York up when when it presents itself, uh, sure. you know, and it just it's just weird to me to to mm-hmm. that I haven't been there. Yeah. And and New York Comics definitely give me the whole just the whole deal when they find out that I've never been. They're just like, yeah. "What? Like you're What? Yeah, nobody gets the yeah. I I'm the cool thing about quarantine, have you noticed during quarantine that you've gotten a lot of self-reflective time? I think do you think and do you think that's messing with people?
1: Self-reflective time?
0: Yeah. Do you think Well,
1: that- yeah, I'm not good at self-reflecting.
0: <laughs> I, no?
1: I, yeah, I don't know. I get too in my head. One thing during the we talked about this the other day. I I I'm not an alcoholic, but I stopped drinking like a little over a year ago, just because I was on tour and I was drinking so much. I will go back to drinking. I'm not in denial. I like drinking. I'm looking for. I have a bottle of scotch for when this pandemic is over. Yeah, but my THC level has gone up.
0: Yeah, same. Um, I am
1: not. And I'm not a smoker. I can't. If I if I smoke pot, uh, it's so powerful that I laugh for ten minutes and then I cry for an hour. Like I can't. (laughs) I can't do it. But I eat it to help me sleep. Yeah, but also.
0: To chill, yeah. right? And so you're my, at the my house, point
1: is, my point is my I would take it like an hour before I went to bed, but then the pandemic hit, so I'm starting to eat it at like five. <laughs> <four>. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably gonna eat one right after this because this is all I have to do today. Yeah, so that's if, what I, I if I get if that THC gets in my brain, and I start self reflecting, then I get really paranoid and start questioning my decisions. So I try not to to do
0: that. I've been that way for decades i've been Mm -hmm. that way for years and this pandemic has finally conquered that for me okay yeah i have always been um well i told when we were talking about the drinking thing for me i'm doing the whole 30 right now i've only think i got four days left or whatever yeah yeah so i'm doing i this is the third time doing the whole 30 with my wife we do it in january's i didn't do it last year because i was i think i was stressed out and i just told her i was like no i'm not doing right. it this year i don't give a shit she did it so this will be her fourth time but the third t- and every time i do it it's um what it's it's very eye-opening to, yeah. to, that that i can just drop all my habits i've i've quit all my bad habits during the pandemic i was a closet um nicotine user and uh-huh and I'm done. I, I I it was just stupid. Like as a singer and somebody that does voices as part of my performance, people would I I've known for years but I've purposely blinded myself to it that people look at me like you're a fucking moron, dude. You, what are you smoking a heater? What are you smoking a heater for? And I would say the typical stuff that people say like Sinatra smoked. Mariah right. Carey smokes. Whitney right. Houston smoked. You know what I mean? Like don't give really? me like I have a trained voice. I I know how to do this,
1: right? Smoking. When you smoke, you look cool. I don't care what anybody says. You fucking. I'm an ex-smoker. You look okay. cool when you smoke. It's yeah. just a cool thing, I think. And uh, I don't. I don't judge. I find it. I, I quit, and it is a little offsetting sometimes to see somebody actually smoking because you rarely see it anymore, especially where we live. When oh, yeah. I tour When I tour, and I walk into a casino, and like Boise, I smells okay. like smoke. I get a little chill in my – I'm like, oh, I love this. This is like old-time stand-up. And then my clothes stink even though I didn't
0: smell. Yeah, but in L.A., people look at you like, you stink, and how fucking dumb are you? Like, right, right. It, there's commercials every between every commercial break telling you that, <laughs> that cigarettes kill you. There's yeah, no they excuse. You, they
1: look at you, and then they go do a line of coke.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. California sober is my favorite shit ever. <laughs> I'm right now pretty much, but that's what I'm but that's what I giggled about with my wife the other day. I was like, I'm pretty much cali sober now mm-hmm. goes, because I'm yeah no drinking anymore and I'm gonna stick with this for a while. I love to drink those so and I think I've, my I've issue,
1: with you. we've had good times at the club. Yeah,
0: but my issue is I have a high tolerance right. so therefore I think that's what I was telling you is I've had people in my career, like bring up drinking as if it's a problem. And I'm like, wait a minute. And that's always been perplexing to me because I'm like, wait a minute. When have I been intoxicated and messed up a show? Right. right. I have you know, when, uh, not to say that that over my whole career, that that hasn't happened. Yes. I have at least three to four extremely funny stories of me trying right. to do comedy completely. <laughs> completely bombed by and it was always accidental cuz i was in a car wreck you know that 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 uh oh check it out time out we got a we got a visitor come here you just, oh, look at this come here, dude come and say hi what do you have to say talking to the mic what hi atlas is with us say hi to murray say hi murray
1: hi murray how are you doing sir
0: how are you doing? He can't hear you because I have my headphones in, but he's like standing here. You need to go because I'm having the radio show. Okay. So say, hi, I'm Atlas. I'm super big and I'm five. I got to go. Bye.
1: Hi.
0: I'm Atlas. I have to go.
1: I'm Atlas. I
0: have to go. Okay. Go play with your sister. Bye. <laughs> I know. Then we'll do homework. Go, buddy. Daddy's doing his, doing his, his, his show. Bye. Shut the door. Okay. <laughs> he's funny.
1: Um, you know, um, as much as homeschooling blows, which yeah. is what we have to do, I have a nine-year-old. Like I said, I think my takeaway from this pandemic is I think every parent should, and I know it's not going to happen. I think every parent should take a year off. Oh it's yeah, been, it's been so eye-opening. Like getting mad at my kid, my uh, he's my son's a little older than your son, but I think you have an older daughter. Yeah, um, my daughter,
0: my daughter just turned eight. I was going to tell you okay. we could get them together because she's oh absolutely, because she's Listen, also if
1: really a pool. Come on over, man.
0: Oh, I'm all about that. My kids are. Yeah, yeah super all about that.
1: Yeah, totally. But I learned to, like, I used to, like, you know, when you get mad at your kid for messing up in school, I didn't know what happened. I just got a note from his teacher. But now that I see and I'm around, I see, oh, why he's getting frustrated and why he's, you know, fooling around if he's fooling around or whatever. I I, I see the, as opposed to seeing the outcome, I see the 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 genesis of why it was a problem. And I'm able to fix, help or try to help fix that as opposed to get mad at him for doing it.
0: Yeah, actually, this whole thing, um, I don't want to act like it's awesome or ideal. You know, I don't want to put rose colored glasses on. But the total truth of the matter is this has improved my relationship with my kids. It's improved my relationship with my wife because my wife's very strong minded. Like my wife has a strong personality. She's not. um She's not like me. Like she's very quiet. And but once she's comfortable, she's not. She's she has no problem being assertive and all, whatever. You know, we've been together for over 15 years, but this has helped me because all the little stuff that I say to her, she thinks I'm picking at her. Now that the kids and I'm with the kids all the time, she realizes I'm not picking at her. I'm trying to literally set us up to make this easier as they get older right okay you know what i mean because like okay she does this thing like women i think all men know this and you probably know this being with your wife and stuff is women do these things that they don't understand really 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 make us mad like they don't understand no matter how much we love them they do things that do that just piss off a man like my wife it doesn't matter what i tell her She'll go, I'll go, hey, did, I, I want to take you and the kids up to see the 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 sequoias, the redwood trees, because they were around when the dinosaurs were around. And I just think that'd be something awesome to show you and the kids. My wife will look at me and go, what? No, they did not. What? <laughs> they were not. Honey, they were not around. Why Why would you tell the kids that these trees were around when the dinosaurs were around? And I look at her and she thinks it's comical because my eyes are literally wild because right. I'm so put off by the fact that she's this like to me it's just she doesn't even realize that it's just extremely disrespectful you know what i mean and then i look at her i'm like why the fuck would i lie to you (laughs) about trees like trees (laughs) that were around when the fucking dinosaurs why would i lie to you about this what the fuck and what kind of a person would what are you assuming that i'm lying to you about such such What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? And then I just get upset. Like, then I'm upset and she's like, oh, my gosh, not that big of a deal. What are you? Oh, my gosh. Are you really mad at me about this? You know, and then but now it's finally sinking into her why it's an issue, because now whenever I try and talk to my children and tell them to do something with her doing that as just a natural reflex that she's done so flippantly over the years now she's realizing that causes problems for daddy with the kids because mm. they because they question everything that i say and they don't just take they don't just take my word <clears throat> as being trustworthy enough and that you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And, well, and my they,
1: takeaway from this is uh, you obviously haven't read the Bible because the earth is only 6,000 years old and God put those trees there to look 9 million years old.
0: That's another thing that's really affected my wife over the, uh, is that, <laughs> is that we bought a house. You know what I mean? We just bought our first house out here and uh, where we live. I took her, I've taken her and the kids to all these little, um, uh, historical markers and places sure where we live is Indian land that literally predates the Bible by like 10,000 years right right and it's so but that also messes with people too so that's kind of like I don't know that's part of my I like some of you brand that's kind of it all ties in together it's Mm -hmm. like I get it that there's tons of things that people don't want to face you know what I mean there's tons of stark realities that humans just don't want to face, but that's not my concern.
1: Well, it's kind of my concern (laughs) because I grew up in a born again, Christian household and, uh, have a preacher for a father.
0: Yeah. How is that? Like, is your guys' relationship good? Because I would think that if I were in the same situation, I would be kind of, um, alienated from my family at this current state, you know, if that were my, you know, so how is, i mean no
1: i mean they're like i get along great with my parents no that's good that's awesome Uh, you know we have good like it's not like we have good conversations regarding whatever religion we stay away from politics and stuff like that but um it's just a weird uh you know it's weird having a conversation with a christian i remember i was having a conversation about um climate change and uh we are talking about what would happen with the ocean if the glaciers were to melt. And uh a Christian friend of mine uh, said, Oh, well, that will never happen. And I thought, Oh, she's about to drop some science. Why is that? She's like, well, after Noah's flood, God said he would never flood the world again. I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I can't yeah. do it. I can't, I can't hang with this anymore. I was a kid. And that's all you're told. Of course you're going to believe that, you know? And I was, yeah. My life growing up was, I call it the Truman Show. I grew up in the Truman Show of Christianity, where I thought this whole world, you know, everything revolved around. And then I get out in the real world and I'm like, oh shit, Um, all this stuff I know and learn might not have happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it also might be distracting from other pertinent parts of life. You know what I mean? Pertinent parts of that's the only thing that really bothers me. I have no problem with religion, I but the when it seems to have um diverted or per or 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 purposely blocked um aspects of reality, that that's when it that's when it bothers me. That's all,
1: yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I look if it you know it's live and let live. If you if you if you don't shove it down my throat, I don't care, you know, I don't care if you don't shove it down my throat. If it's, if it makes you feel comfortable on your deathbed, your beliefs, good for you. Make it, make it an easy transition into the afterlife. Um, but you know, I don't, don't, don't force it down your throat and don't try to lead other people's lives with it. Is mine.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a pretty good rule. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also get, I mean, <clears throat> what's your opinion on this? Because I'll tell you mine. Mine is, a uh, I I think atheists are kind of annoying.
1: Oh, with- atheists. Yeah. Atheists and atheists and born-again Christians are the same like two different sides of the same coin. Yeah. Just like so, just- so obnoxious and want to convince you that they're right. And and I, I always wanted to try to do this joke and I could never make it work. And like how like talking about how fun, how, how sucky it must be to be an atheist. Because when you die, nothing happens, so you don't have an afterlife to rub it in somebody's face that you're right.
0: <laughs> Does that
1: make sense? Yes. Like, you can't be, ha ha, screw you, Christians. I told you because you're just a dirt nap now. You're just worm food. So you yeah. don't get to rejoice and do that victory lap.
0: Well, that was my argument. I made a, I made a, this is so weird. I was in Missouri doing comedy on the lake of the Ozarks. And one night I did, I just was, they kept sending me shots on stage. I was friggin' hammered by the time I walked off because they wouldn't, every time they laughed, they were like, get him a shot. And then they would yeah. like, they would also like interrupt me and make noise until I took the shot. So they wouldn't let the show move until I sure. did. you know what I mean? I, really, yeah. I mean, so they were like, ding it, ding it. Anyway, it's one of those nights. Anyway, I get done and they invite me to this really nice um on the water um vacation condo thing. Okay. And it's it's like 30 people from the show and I'm single at the time and anyway so I went and because there was pretty girls and uh anyway this dude I did a joke that was about something anyway it was pertaining somehow he brought it to religion and was going off like for the whole party like he was, he was trying to match wits with the comedian that w- they invited to the party and he was doing this big huge proclamation about atheism and he was a huge atheist and all this stuff and I let him go through his thing and then I just literally flipped the script on him I think it was because I was intoxicated I don't think it was because I was being super smart or anything I just was like instead of trying to like outwit him I literally went right for his heart and I just went hey man can I ask you something it seems like you're in a lot of pain you know and I go I just have to point out It doesn't really make that much sense for you to have this much passion in the fact that you believe nothing, you know, (laughs) right? (laughs) like it doesn't make any sense for you. I mean, you look at you, look at your eyes, look at your body language, look at your energy. You're completely fired up and they're like, so you're this fired up, passionate, that you don't believe in anything that you don't have faith in anything. I was like, I don't think that I just don't believe you. I just don't think it's true. And the, this was not my goal. <laughs> <laughs> this dude, mind you, mind you, this dude is like six, six looks like a friggin' lumberjack. And then he tells me he played middle linebacker. I can't remember what school in the Midwest, but this was a, this was a man. This was a big dude. He broke down and started sobbing, oh. and and literally, like, ended up. And I ended up totally torching my whole night because I ended up having to talk to this dude and hear like the inner workings of his heart because he's been telling people he's an atheist for years, but the truth is he just wants something to hold on to and latch onto, and it was just <laughs> well, it was.
1: Here's your first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you left the club and went out drinking with audience.
0: Yeah, see, I don't. I would never do that, Now
1: you never do that. Never do that. <laughs> I, have a, I have a similar story. I don't know how this happened. I was up in Reno doing the old, uh, I think it was Catch up there. And okay. me and the other comic went out drinking at the bar in the casino. Same thing. A couple of audience members came around us. They were obviously drunk, not and then one guy, I was just out of the blue, started crying and started reciting the Lord's prayer. And I'm like, "Get me out of here!"
0: Yeah, <laughs> what something about something about high levels of intoxication will bring out crying in people, and I don't know why. I don't. I don't know, man. I I, also, I, don't, I don't
1: blame them. I am a recent crier. Uh, we don't have to go in this, but you and I, you know, I, I had open heart surgery a couple of years ago. And oh, yeah. yeah,
0: right. Yeah, we. That's where
1: the of that of open heart surgery, which is supposed to go away, but it hasn't gone away for me, is I will cry more than I've ever. Like I stuffed forty five years, I stuffed all my emotions down. Yeah, you know, and then I have heart surgery, and then now I just cry whenever it is. So I got no problem with people crying, but just don't do it and ruin my party.
0: Oh yeah, no, don't do it to me when I'm when I'm trying to not think about anything. Don't do that in that right. time. Yeah. Because, because that
1: then in the morning in a casino in Reno.
0: <laughs> because then 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 you have me as a stranger feeling obligated to make everything right because I'm hammered. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. yeah, no, I uh yeah, that's actually we talked about that. You had the scare with your open with your open heart surgery. I'm yeah. I'm super sensitive uh and cry and my emotional whatever i'm emotionally exposed because of my car wreck that gave me the near-death sure, experience sure. and i always will be i think i will always be more sensitive and more my emotions are more raw than they
1: uh, yeah I, I agree i i've like i i have, I, have, I i embraced it i embraced it early on i guess i was afraid of my emotions my whole life and then after that experience, I embraced others like I'm surprised if I don't cry on this show. Today. Others, I've cried on morning radio on the road. I've cried on podcasts like I've cried on stage.
0: Oh, yeah. So have I. That one was that one was that one was really tough when I cried on yeah. stage. I did not. I literally that that's the closest I've had to almost having a panic attack on stage because i really for for it was very brief but for a brief second there i was like how am i gonna gain composure back Hmm. and uh yeah
1: oh i'm sorry to interrupt
0: no but i Uh, did i did that's all that i didn't really i'm glad you interrupted what 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 no
1: i think the night we met at the ice house i don't know if you remember that
0: yeah we talked about this we both shared
1: and we both kind of looked at each
0: other yeah
1: and you left to go to the factory or something. And I went on later and all that talking and everything. And the ice house is my home club. Yeah. The ice house is the first time I ever stepped foot on stage. The first time I ever got paid. The first club to make me a professional. Yeah. And I remember the night, two nights before I had my surgery, I, I worked all the way up to the night before my surgery. <clears throat> and um, I, told, I told the audience, like, this, this is the first place I ever stepped foot on stage. And tonight could be the last night I ever go on stage because I could, you know, there's a possibility of me dying in that surgery the next day. And so I kind of I have a story, a joke about that I end on. And as I was saying that and remembering all those and the stupid conversation you and I had. Yeah. <laughs> I started getting choked up in like a sold out crowd at the Ice House on a Saturday night. I'm like, "What is going on?"
0: No, but we did though. Like immediately we met and we were and it was, and we were vibing and then you and I how, I don't even know how it happened. It really organically happened, though, that we both ended up talking about near our near-death experiences. Yeah, and, yeah. And it was our first time meeting each other. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then all of a sudden, it was just like, yeah, man, we need to, you know what? We need to catch up. And then, like, every time after that, we just kind of meet up and have great conversation. Which, sure, Which was, well, I told you that night, because it was me, you, it was me, you, and Christella. I think there, okay. were, there were obviously other comics on the bill, but they were like, they were like uh wandering around the club. They weren't in the green room with us, but my wife I will always remember that night. She was like it was just really grown up. It was just a different feeling in the green room. She was like I really like them. She really liked yeah. and Christella because we were we were we were talking about like like real life. <laughs> we yeah. were talking about like <clears throat> our yeah, we were talking about our kids. We were talking about real stuff. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, christelle has got her shit together also. She's not a, you know, a Peter Pan
0: <laughs> syndrome comic. She does like not, <laughs> no, she does not have Peter Pan syndrome and I and I dig it. I also really dig what she's done though with the political uh, activism. Like she's really put in the work, you know? Yeah, she goes
1: stuff, that's for sure. So
0: that's I I that's eventually a plan of mine um whatever to be more active in different aspects, but right now all I can handle is trying to take my t- try and make my kids and my wife happy and and uh, that's it right now. Yeah
1: man I hear you. I hear you. I've, been, I've been taking walks. Yeah? Like hour, 20 minute walks every night or every day. And it's so good for your head. And it's really good for you physically also. Walking is an underrated form of exercise. But it just you know either throw on a podcast or throw on an album or don't throw on anything and just fucking walk. And it's so good for your head, man.
0: I need to, I need to find more active stuff. The the thing that uh, we have, a st- well, I have a steam room, so uh-huh. I do that, and I just sweat and to literally meditate and just veg out. I just go, I just yeah, I just sweat it all off. That's I'm trying to, I don't know, doing the not drinking thing. I really, dude, I really, 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 really was uh Taking in so many empty calories sure because it's not fair like my wife gets really annoyed every time we do this whole 30 i've lost 18 pounds every single time that i've done it and i'm on pace to do that again like Mm -hmm. uh i when we started i was 198 to 200 pounds and i and i'm 180 i'm i'm 185 last time i weighed myself how tall are you six feet okay and so that's another thing i don't know that's, but it's just weird being sober through this stuff because I, well, you said crying. I cried in front of my kids on the day of the Capitol insurrection. Yeah. I was yeah. so angry. I was, I was so, I was so angry. My kids walked in and looked at me and they were like, dad, what's the matter? And I was like, nothing, nothing. And my kid, and then it, and then I really started to cry when my nine year old and my five year old came over and hugged me. Sure. I was like, <laughs> I was just so angry about it. But, uh, I really am um, excited for the future. I don't like it that the country moves like that, like a pendulum, but it really does. And I don't like it that I'm that sensitive. My wife and I've been talking about that a lot. Where, I mean, this really affected me. You mm-hmm. know, it didn't, uh, it, it's personal. It, it affected me professionally, uh, personally, emotionally. Sure. It's it affected friendships and, and, uh, um,
1: it affected my family if I had to, I had to, I had to unfriend a few relatives, close relatives. Yeah. And not, and not because, oh, you're in an opposing party or anything is because they would just, just literally post lies that were easily Googled and <laughs> proven wrong. Yeah. And it's just doing that. And then I have a, I have a, if I, if. I'm using finger quotes. I have a following. Yeah, they're very left and they're very right. I co-hosted Billing Ball's radio show for four years with Gary Brightwell. And so I have a lot of conservative, conservative uh, people who follow my career and a lot of lefties who follow my career. And I was posting jokes in the, in early on about the Trump administration and not really knowing at the time how, you know, divisive it was going to be. And then all these people would start fighting under my posts. Mhm. And I had to stop because I realized these are all just thinly veiled shots at my parents <laughs> and they're not even reading the post. So why am I causing all the problems?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that my wife said to me. She was like she was like you already established a couple of years ago. I can't she was like I can't remember when you established it, but you just established I'm not going to argue with anybody on the internet. Yeah. She was like that's great. I loved you when you did that. She goes, but now, not only should you not argue with people on the internet, try not to, try not to, you know, stir up hornets' nests. How about you do that? How about you stop? She was like, Well, you
1: can't not stir up hornets' nests. I made one joke last week. It was, it was, it was, this is so stupid. And I only use Twitter for stupid jokes that I would never do. And it was, I hope Donald Trump left. Joe Biden and Upper Decker when he left.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I read that, yeah. and then I okay. read that Bronston Jones posted. <laughs> I read that Bronston Jones posted. Dude, he couldn't. He can't walk upstairs. There's no way he right, could right. sit up. He could stand on the toilet. <laughs> but five
1: people blocked me for that joke. Oh, I've been blocked. But dude. it's a poop joke, dude. It's a poop joke. It's a bat, bat, head yeah. It's a it's a junior, it's a junior high poop joke. joke. It's, it's wonderful. Right. Nothing to do about. It. I didn't even think I. I even think I did that same joke when Obama left office. I'm not yeah. that original. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no. People blocked me.
0: No, that's the thing about social media is it's it's gotten such a – By the way, thanks, Q, for laughing at that joke in the comments. No kidding. <laughs> it's also – the thing about social media is it's given – it's such a hollow um, – it's such a hollow vessel. Like everybody, like the people that put values on their followers and their likes and all that stuff. It's cool. That's great. But like the way that people have tried to flip it into real world value, like I've just kind of, I don't, it's just, you can't people,
1: you can't care. Like I don't put, I rare, I don't, And I I don't judge or anything. I rarely put a picture of my child up.
0: Uh, Yeah. I put it. I, I've had people really worry about that
1: something my wife and i discussed
0: you know oh yeah no and everybody has their own and and i totally understand that trust me it it takes one creeper creepy sin to in to 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 yeah it takes one creeper and then all and i wipe the whole internet clean you know what i mean
1: Right, Right, right totally
0: but, but uh, you know, so
1: I don't take it. I use it for dumb jokes like that, where I would I have nothing else to do with it that pops in my mind. Well, I don't, and when I'm working for promotion and stuff like that, but Another- I don't, I don't get into deep, heartfelt, you know. See, I will do it. I will. Unfortunately, I've had a lot of people die in my life in the last month. So I've been doing like little memorials for them. But yeah. other than that, I don't, I, I just can't take it seriously. You can't put your life on there. I, I look at these people fight and argue and get pissed off and storm off. And like, what are you doing, man? This yeah. used to be lunch. And you complained about that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Just fucking, just chill.
0: There's a know. lot of, there's a lot of manufactured stress.
1: Oh, that's a good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of manufactured stress right now. And uh, it's, but it's also hard to get. That's what I mean. It's hard to get your friends. That's why we're losing friends. That's why everybody keeps talking about the divide. Let's I think that shit needs to be cut through. It's not a divide. It's that there's manufactured stress. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like people. And the reason it's causing a divide is because friends and family members are looking at their friends and family members going, it's manufactured. It's literally a hamster wheel. Don't step on the hamster wheel. And then when they get on the hamster wheel and we can't help them off the hamster wheel, that's when relationships break and people have to walk away.
1: Well, not to get too, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what the word is, so I'm just going to skip over that. Okay. <clears throat> that, that hamster wheel. It's like there's an old episode of Ren and Stimpy Yeah. where it was just, don't press the shiny red button. Whatever
0: you do, <laughs> don't
1: press the shiny. And the whole cartoon is just, can Ren not press the shiny red candy-like button? And then he finally presses it. And that's what our media does. They put the shiny red button in front of us. And then the people press it, and then they hop on the hamster wheel. I'm trying to put my analogy into your analogy.
0: No, that's good. But that, but that's what's killing me is I'll admit it. You said you were doing it playful with the jokes and stuff. And I will do jokes and stuff when I'm on stage. <laughs> but in real life, I throw people off because as a grown – and it's so annoying. I'm sorry. It's at, four, at the age of 41, it's so fucking disrespectful and annoying to me how many times other grown adults – totally think it's okay to tell me oh i don't i don't like to get political oh i don't like to get pol- I don't like look man this is i don't know what we just went through was so crazy to me and i'm just excited for the new future and it really affected me that's all i'm saying the fact that i didn't get booked because at certain shows and i would be I was Which by the
1: way is so crazy cuz it's usually the other side that's complaining about that.
0: Well that's the thing is they do the whole oh snowflake uh you need a safe space. Dude there isn't any every every person that they back is opposite of what they claim to be. You know what I mean like they like like all the ev- evangelical Christians supporting Trump I'm like guys there's a not that like the guy literally represents the seven deadly sins.
1: Dude that's that is what put the final nail in the coffin for Christianity for me.
0: Yeah. Same with me.
1: I grew up around around it. I was, I went back and forth on it, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know um, what? I didn't really think about it for a long time. Then I had a kid. So I started thinking about it again. And then I, you know, I grew up in Jersey in high school in the eighties with when he was all over the place and he was in his stardom, And I remember my just, Church saying, you know, rich men can't get into heaven. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, he did porn. uh he, Yeah, yeah. He had three lives, and then all of a sudden, there are all these people who are preaching, telling, teaching me against that are swearing by this guy, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Done. Done.
0: Yeah, done with community. And also, like, what's weird? Like, this last couple of years have been so hard. The reason it was so hard for me is, for one evangelical christians supporting him because i'm like this dude is the seven deadly sins and and, and then uh the redneck like the 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 tough guy you know the the tough guys that we know when they say that they're supporting trump i'm like this is the least masculine man this is the least macho the least this is not a tough guy
1: but i think i think his bravado and his Bull, all those bullshit lines he says about violence and stuff that he never backs up gets those guys blood boiling, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we can do that now." You know what I mean? So I think yeah, that's but, why those those redneck tough guys
0: like him. Yeah, I just... Uh, well, I mean, it's to me, it's the same as wrestling. You know, professional wrestling. I've never understood, but I I know there's a huge professional wrestling fandom and group with within comedy. which is is why I try and be careful to never speak ill of of professional wrestling, but I will
1: MMA too, man.
0: And MMA. Yes. MMA and professional wrestling are weak ass, nerdy.
1: Open mic comic can choke you out.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. No MMA changed everything for me. I actually, one of my friends, Joe Wilk was my, uh, was, was a guest on here and he's won different, uh, belts and championships Uh in MMA. And he talks about us growing up together and stuff. And But that's my thing with MMA. Joe, my buddy, got cut from the football team, got cut from the basketball team, and is a pro MMA fighter now with his own gym. Oh, wow. So, like, MMA is sneaky. (laughs) Like, the dudes that can choke you unconscious in less than 30 seconds and stuff are... You know, the dudes in high school that you totally would have blown, you know, that you blow off. You know what I mean? Or that you'd be like, well, you I'd be careful, little fella. You know what I mean? That guy's the guy that'll choke you unconscious.
1: That yeah, reminds me of uh, Henry Rollins' adage about cops. Oh, yeah. Cops are guys who either got beat up or beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> and they, so it's the same way with the MMA guys, I think.
0: Well, that's what's so funny about all of these. I don't know. It's just so weird to live in a world where the the louder that people are yelling about something, look the other direction because it's all misdirection now, you yeah. know, like, the, the, well, that's, that's a good example right there. You said cops are either beating you up or the ones getting beat up. Um, look at the people that were blue lives matter. All those people. Yeah. <laughs> look at how, yeah. they, look at how they act. <laughs> look at how they acted towards the cops when it was, when it, oh, yeah. when they were the ones that uh, thought they had a grievance, you know, yeah. But that's another thing is like this false equivalency is really what's killed me. And I hope that we're going away from that in the near future because adults are finally um, running stuff again. But that false equivalency, I can't I can't talk to people that use false equivalency. I can't, you know, like when somebody goes, uh, you know, when when people compare the insurrectionists to the BLM protests, I'm like, that's not even that's a false equivalency. It's not even right. close to this it's, – it's not even close to the same thing.
1: Right, right. No, I get it. And, I, I agree.
0: And, uh, you know, and, and people going, you know, well, they do it all the time with uh, – Trump people do it all the time with Will Biden and Hunter Biden and uh, – like, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump are in front of everybody. Like, they're to- – like, the everybody they've, they. they – there's been so much – like criminality right in front of all the people that don't like the criminals. It's just too much. It's like a mental, uh, it's been a mental uh, just yeah. exercise of futility. It's awful. It's just not fair. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, But it's over. Is your kid bothered by it?
1: Uh, it's funny. Cause we, you know, he was born in Southern California. He's a Southern California kid. You know, it's just, we're out. We have a we have a couple families on our street that we've been potting with since oh, day one, the pandemic. So these, and it's made us really closer to our neighbors. But the other day, they they were they were playing some sort of cops and robbers or something, and one of the moms turns to me and goes, "The bad guy is named Donald Trump."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like. Are our kids Southern California kids or what? Yeah, that's very
0: Southern Cali kids. My kids can't stand Trump. My my five year old son went off about him. He said he was listening to the news and he heard that they said, well, from the separating kids from their families, separating families at the border. That's all my son had to hear, and Atlas went off for like mm-hmm. for like a five or ten minute speech about how if I ever got Donald Trump, I would. I would I would stand up in court and I was like, "What? Why would you be in court?" He goes, "Well, because they got to arrest him." And and he goes, "And I would stand up in court and I would go, "I have a family." Mm-hmm. And for because you separated the families, now I have to kick you in the face." And and, and 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 I was like, "Yeah, man, this sounds great. I think that you should be in charge of the justice department." I think <laughs> I think that we should put my five-year-old son in charge of the de- justice department, and I think it's a lot more reasonable, and we'll get yeah, more man. things done. And great, Willie's
1: for the bad guys.
0: Yeah, I have a family, and now I'm going to kick you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, and uh, I don't know. I I I think that the future is about to get. Um, I think it's going to be rough until we get out of the pandemic and i think we got unfortunately we have a lot of time left in this (laughs) yeah because i mean for them to get everybody vaccinated and with the new variants and stuff it's gonna
1: and the ripple effects of all this it's like i was talking to somebody else and they're like aren't you excited you should probably be able to get on stage by summer and i'm like well maybe but you also got to think of the economical repercussions of this who's who out of all the people who like myself haven't worked in a year Who's going to have money to go out to a comedy club? Yeah. Who's Who's, who's going to be be able to cough up money for a sitter, cough up money for parking, cough up money for tickets, cough up money for drinks. You know, you're looking at a good night on a Saturday night at the Improv's a $300 night. Easy.
0: Yeah. I will also say though, that I did learn and my wife and I did learn recently and it's kind of coming into focus. Those 1920s pictures in the roaring twenties. It totally makes sense now. Why, they, yeah. why they got dressed up to go anywhere because oh, that is a good point because they'd been locked up for three years.
1: Yeah, that may. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? And that's the truth. The truth is the economy is going to there are the predictions are already that it's going to come roaring back. Right. Right. And and all this. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of uh, I mean, I agree with you. But one thing about Americans, the average American they don't know how to live within their means. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about, they don't have the money. Like, dude, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a white farm boy from the Midwest, but I, I, I have so many friends from so many different facets of uh, culture and, and, and race and society that (laughs) my hood friends always had the freshest kicks, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? my friends in the hood always had they always look fly you know what Good i mean point. so yeah i cover
1: you know i i did such a as not to make me sound artsy fartsy or anything but i did this starving artist thing when i got out here i lived in my car i've you know i used to scrape you know i remember getting like two dollars together to go eat uh, get a gas station hot dog and then put every condiment on it so it would fill me up so I'm really tight
0: with money. my money
1: to some points to stretch it out. So I've been doing all right during this pandemic, but not great. That's for sure.
0: Yeah my my wife, I struggled when we got the house because who yeah. buys a house during a pandemic? But oh, did, this year, yeah we we moved in. Time. Yeah we moved in November first. Oh wow, okay. We found it literally, and not not only that, we went and looked. We'd been looking forever. And by the way, looking for me was literally just going along with my wife.
1: Dude, I just had this conversation with my friend. Looking for a house with your spouse yeah. could end up in divorce. It could. And we did, and, and and time consuming.
0: She was getting upset with me because every day off that she was having, I'm going and looking at these houses with her, and she's she can tell when we get in the car and she's like, Well, what do you think? She can tell that I'm like, I don't, I don't even care. I'm doing this for you. Right. You right. know what I mean? And then she goes, seriously, tell me. And I go, okay, I'll be totally honest with you. What are we looking at condos and townhouses and crap for in Santa Clarita and Valencia? I get it. I get it. The price on stuff and California prices are insane. But if we're really going to do this and we're really going to try and be owners of something, let's look. Let's wait until we can find a standalone house. And let's get and let's get what we want. She goes, yeah, but yeah, that's real. Yeah, well, that's funny, but realistically, anyway, that I stuck to my guns on that. And all of a sudden, we looked at a house and uh, we really liked it, and we put in a bid, and we didn't get it. And I said, okay, I'm done. Mm. I said, I'm done because I really like that house, and I think that that would have been perfect for us. So now let's just wait. Now, let's just wait until after the election's over and after the country kind of settles into whatever it's going to be, and then we'll move the next. But then right after I said that, our realtor that worked with us for six years sends us us this message saying, hey, tomorrow morning, 930, please come and look at this house. It just came out. of It was already in escrow. Right. And the person lost their uh, career because of COVID. Sure. And uh, just but guys, come and look at it we come and look at it. It's perfect. Like the house is perfect. It's on a cul-de-sac. It's got everything we want, every different amenity and it's a house. Nice. And uh, we just ended up with, and and w- my wife was like, well, we want to put an offer down, but we know we'll get outbid. We just got outbid and they picked our offer because they uh, were, they were tired of, I guess they picked our offer. There were four other higher offers or whatever but they picked our offer because Shana wrote a nice note and they just picked our offer and we ended up with yeah. So this has been crazy. We've been, I've been trying to get used to, but Shane, her mindset was also, I, we got it. And uh, we just moved in in less than a month. Like we got, found the place moved in and made sure we got in before the election. And it's just been crazy being here. That's
1: awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, My wife and I, we, we looked for years for a house. Because we, we decided, first of all, moving blows. Oh, it sucks. Uh, buying a house blows. So we decided whatever whatever house we pick, it's going to be our last. We're going to die here. Yeah. We're gonna, whether natural causes or murder-suicide, we're going to die in this house. So we, we took our time, and we love it. We're happy here.
0: Well, that's good. And, uh, dude, I want to have you on more. Murray, do you have anything coming up that you want me to, to blast out there? Mm-hmm no i'm working on you can follow me at, at Murray V on twitter
1: and Murray V comedy on instagram and my uh comedy page on facebook i'm kind of i'm working on a project now which will hopefully <laughs> launch within the month so i'll come back and talk about that
0: yeah that's awesome and and like i said this show's called i like some of you i want you to, to have you back on murray valeriano thank you for coming on man and uh and uh we'll talk again soon i appreciate you thanks man this is i appreciate like some of you with brett Riley. Are this is I Like Some Of You with Brett Riley on Dash Talk X.